folks, this is Santosh Shiva. Welcome to another episode of Run Yogi Diaries. Every week, I bring to you conversations with people on a journey of endurance, fitness, and well-being. I hope they leave you with some tips, inspire you to perspire, and perhaps create some new possibilities. My guest today is Karen Harbour. She's a mother, a medical professional, and a accomplished recreational athlete. Her journey spans across multiple spectrums of obstacle racing, ultra running, swimming, and triathlons. She's also qualified and represented the USA in the 2018 ITU Championships in Australia for triathlon. She's also a Vibram ambassador, one of my favorite shoe brands. So we get to talk about how does she do all this? How does she juggle parenting? her medical profession and training, which is quite intense considering some of the big projects that she's taken on. Her approach to overall fitness and health. How did she land the Vibram deal? What's her next big adventure? Let's dig in. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Ron Yogi Diaries. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. You're a accomplished triathlete. Uh, There's a lot you've done over the years we want to get into the hows and the what's and the why's so uh, before that i'll let you uh, do a quick introduction and then we'll jump in okay uh, my name is karen harbaugh i'm 52 and now can't believe that um i'm a mother of three grown children um my oldest is 24 uh, my middle son is 22 and my youngest is 17 um, I'm a physician assistant at the VA here in town. I work in interventional radiology. Uh, prior to uh, starting at the VA, um, I worked in private practice uh, with a nephrology group for 17 years. So I've been at the VA for seven years now, going on eight years. Um, I love working with our veterans. They're a really uh, wonderful group. Um, it's an honor to get to serve them. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And Thanks for all the service you guys are doing in the face of pandemic. And uh, I know you've been busy with vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's been a very busy time. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with this virus. And I just hope that, you know, this vaccine gives us, you know, another layer of protection uh, against this virus. It's always changing and there's a lot of unanswered questions. They're, you know, doing a lot of studies and a lot of research. So I think they're, you know, a lot of unanswered questions, but we're learning more, you know, every day, every month. Now, you know, kind of jumping into your journey in fitness, you know, you're, you're a very fit person. <laughs> and um, so let's start from the beginning, you know, were you always uh, so active? And let's start from the beginning, you know, give us a sense of your how um, you grew up. Well, um, I grew up, well, I was born in St. Louis, but we moved to Florida when I was seven. And uh, it was great because you could play outside all year round. And I practically lived outside. Um, uh, I was outside playing all day, every day with friends in the neighborhood. And um, we were pretty creative. We played a lot of running games, a lot of chasing game, you know, chasing each other. Uh, we climbed trees and we put broomsticks between bicycles to do high jump. And uh, we, um, I lived near a golf course and we would do running play, you know, running long jump in the sand traps and just stuff like that. We played outside. Um, believe it or not, I never really played organized sports. 
uh, we just played in the neighborhood all the time. And I was either always uh, running, jumping, climbing, you know, making forks, things like that. It was a, it was a great childhood. And I think that sparked my interest in just physical fitness. I just, I could not stand being in the house for extended periods of time. I just wanted to be outside doing something. And that's pretty true to this day. I don't like to be kind of cooped up. <laughs> I like to be outdoors. Nice. Very similar to how I grew up, always outdoors. Never heard of the high jump on a bicycle. Oh, we put, it wasn't very safe because it didn't really fall off. If you hit the stick, you, it just kind of made you fall down. <laughs> the stick didn't really come off the bike because we, you know, put it between the frames. Um, but we did that. And, um, yeah, we did played a lot of running games, a lot of hide-and-go-seek and things like that. So when I was 16, um, I got my first job. The day I turned 16, I got a job and uh, I got a checkbook. I had a savings account when I was a kid. And the first thing I bought with my checkbook and my first job was a 10-speed bike. And then very shortly thereafter, I got a gym membership. And I loved all the aerobics classes and things like that. So I started very early um, in my fitness journey, if you will. Nice, nice. So uh, you, you said you, first, you bought a bicycle the first thing. So are you fundamentally a, a cyclist? Is that where you start uh, as, a, as an endurance? No, I, I can't claim any one thing. I've, you know, kind of dabbled in a lot of different things. Um, uh, I, when I got my first dog, I really enjoyed walking the dog. So we went out, you know, multiple times a day for walks. And when I was in college, I had a roommate that did triathlons, but um, even though I could swim, I, yeah, I never had lessons. Um, and I didn't have a very nice bike at the time. I just didn't think that I could do a triathlon. I never really gave it much thought. Um, so I did a lot of walking and I did do a lot of cycling in college. I rode my bike to and from my classes. And then on the weekends, I would do like a 10 mile loop by myself and it's funny to think now because I don't ever remember having like a spare tire changing kit, or I certainly didn't have a cell phone. So I would just head out, you know, no water, no phone, <laughs> no flat tire changing kit. I didn't know any better, you know, um, but I did aerobics and um, that's what they called it back then, step aerobics and all those classes. And I, I got into a little bit of weight training, uh, you know, in my twenties. And then when I was pregnant, uh, with my first child, I did a lot of walking. Um, and then with my second child, I continued uh, with some of these aerobics classes. I just learned to modify, um, but I felt much better uh, being active through my pregnancy. So I continued to walk. I continued to lift weights, just lighter weights and uh, do some classes that, you know, were low impact. And I had, you know, very easy pregnancies and deliveries. Awesome. So how did triathlon enter your life? Okay, so I have to back up a little bit. Um, when my middle son was two, um, I discovered Andy Farina's sports conditioning class. And we've had Andy uh, as a guest on the show. Um, it was an incredible class. Uh, a lot of um, functional exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, sprints, tons and tons of sprints. And um uh, Andy and some other fellows started the running man club, which actually was, um, we started, uh, going to the stadium and running the stadium bleachers. And then in, um, around 2010, Andy said, Hey, I heard of this, you know, mud obstacle race called the warrior dash where 
you know, you have to run through mud when you know what they are. And uh, we all were like, oh, that sounds so fun. So we knew we needed additional training. And that was the first time all of us kind of left the gym and um, started training outside. We were going on Saturday mornings to a track and doing all kinds of stuff. He had us running the bleachers and we'd um, hang off of that side of the stadium and have to crawl back up and ran through sand pits and climb fences and did all kinds of fun stuff. And we did that first obstacle course race um, in 2000, beginning of 2011. And I was hooked and I never really, I never really um, ran before that, but we had to run that was, I think, a, a 5K distance. So we started building up our um, distance and I realized, hey, I kind of like this. And then um, after that, um, we um, we got into slightly longer races. So it was like a 10K distance and then uh, half marathon distance and it just kind of evolved from there. So triathlons came much later. I started with um, obstacle course racing. I was pretty passionate about it from 2011, end of 2010, 2011, until 2013 when I did um, a, my first uh, sprint distance triathlon. Wow. You know, when I hear your uh, story, uh, what you've done when you were growing up and then this uh, obstacle racing, your training is very multifunctional, um, right? And I think, and that's what, you know, if you talk to coaches now and if you read training literature, that's the advice you're getting. Even if you're a runner or if you're a cyclist, everyone's talking about get into multifunctions, multi-sport training, cross-training, because it's just not about doing one thing repeatedly, but it's that's doing right. multiple things, right? So that's right. Think, yeah, go ahead. I think that's where people run into a lot of injuries when they just focus on one thing because uh, you really need to work on the whole body, you know, to um, maximize your, you know, power and avoid injury, you know, train um, all the muscle groups because your core is so important for everything, you know, running, biking, swimming. And so. That makes a lot of sense. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I guess that kind of, why you naturally moved to triathlons then, right? It seemed like a I perfect think, fit. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, well, I did triathlon. It was a super sprint distance uh, when I was turning 40, but we didn't train for it at all. And I was surprised how hard it was um, because I hadn't been practicing in the pool or anything. And so I didn't, at the time, I didn't have any buddies really that I knew that were doing triathlon. So I kind of put that on the back burner but then once I started, um, you know, with Running Man Club and, and doing all the obstacle course racing, I wanted to revisit triathlon. So my first race, I did, I did start training, but I didn't have a swim coach or anything like that. I just tried to do it on my own. And um, doing all the sprints and sports conditioning really helped because I'm pretty competitive. And at the end of the race, um, as we were coming into the finish shoot, the girl that was in my age group ahead of me started to kind of celebrate because I think somebody told her she was in the lead or something. Anyway, um, I sprinted past her in the shoot and I think I beat her by a second, not much. It was such a small margin and I took first place of my age group and that really sparked my um, interest because I wanted to get better. I knew that I needed more training and um, and so that really sparked kind of going down that um, path. I just wanted to see, you know, what I could do. 
Wow. And, and you've been at it for 10 years now. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, going on 10 years. Yeah, we're a little bit over. And yeah. so you started with Sprint, but obviously you moved on. You did, uh, you know, Iron yes. Man, half Iron Man's. Yes. So there were, you know, um, I did join Gainesville Triathlon Club and um, had a few friends that uh, did a 70.3 distance. And I, you know, admired their training and kind of followed their journey. And I thought that is something that I really want to want to do. And I started researching and looking at training plans and, um, my, I, I committed with friends to a 70.3. We had some people doing the relay and we had some doing the full distance. And, um, um, we did, um, um, Augusta in 2014 was the first, um, 70.3 distance that I did. And then right after I did that, I knew I wanted to try for a full distance Ironman. And so we did that the following year, actually. Um, we did Ironman Louisville in 2015 and then Ironman Chattanooga in 2016. So um, I've done two fulls, two full distances and now three 70.3 distances. Um, it was pretty, exciting. our team, um, there was a team, uh, uh, some fellow G3ers went down to um, Haines City in 2016 and competed and our group was selected or our group um, scored enough points our team scored enough points to um, compete in the pan-american tribe championships in puerto rico the following year so we got to do that that was my first uh, time leaving the country for uh, triathlons and that was really exciting nice so what helped you improve what we, if you were to pick three things, um, what were the, what were your, uh, what would you say helped you improve your fitness? To, uh, to you definitely level? need a, you need a plan, uh, find a good training plan. Certainly, um, coaches are wonderful, but depending on your budget and things, you don't have to have a coach, but there are a lot of wonderful training plans, either in books or online and, um, have a plan that way. Um, you know, you, uh, aren't just going into it, you know, without, without a plan, basically. Um, so that really helped. And within the plan, though, you have to be flexible. You know, I'm a mom, my kids were in school. Um, it's easy to make excuses or skip workouts, but you really have to find time to get them in. And if you miss one, that's okay, but you can't make it a habit of missing them, you know, so stick with the plan. Um, also, you know, just having things on the calendar, you know, people joke, you know, if you put it on Facebook uh, or on social media, you know, it's binding. But, you know, if you get something on the calendar, then you have things to work towards. So, you know, okay, in six months, you know, I've signed up for this race or a year from now I have this race. And so then you can tailor your plan, you know, accordingly. But within that, you know, you have to be flexible and, you know, realize life happens and it's not the end of the world if, you know, if you can't you know, do your training or even if the race doesn't happen, if something, you know, happens, you can always reschedule. Right. So in your, in your view and experience uh, of the three, you know, uh, act, uh, uh, the three activities in the triathlon, swimming, running and bicycling, um, where did you focus the most to make sure you're getting the biggest bang for the buck on the race day? Where was your focus? That has actually changed over the years. Um, initially, I I was running with a running group called Two Rules Running. And I felt like even though 
running wasn't my, I think cycling, if I really put the time into all of them, maybe my strongest, but, um, I running seemed to be my strength at that time. And then now, um, I, about three years ago, I started swimming with Karen Austin's, uh, swim group, uh, swamp water aquatic Gainesville. And we swim every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at five 30 in the morning. And now I feel like, you know, my swimming's coming around. So it goes through, it goes through stages and, you know, depending on what else is going on in your life. Um, but that's one thing I also wanted to mention. If you can find like-minded people to train with, it really, really helps. Um, just having that support, the camaraderie, um, the, you know, the um, accountability, you know, there are people waiting for you. Um, you're more likely to um, stick with something if you have people that, uh, support you and, you know, you can celebrate each other's accomplishments and things like that. Right. So I also wonder about recovery. You asked kind of about three things. I mean, I've said more than three things, but reco- recovery is very important. So even though some of the training plans are very rigorous, you have to find time uh, to be kind to yourself. If you feel like, you know, maybe an injury is coming on, um, you know, take it easy or cross train a little more, Um, find time for massages or if needed, you know, physical therapy, but I can't stress the importance of sleep enough. Um, Most people just don't get enough sleep and that's when our bodies really recover, you know, proper nutrition, proper sleep. um, All those things are so important. And I don't think I focused on a lot of that early on. I think I skimped, I was more focused on getting all the training in and not um, maybe concentrating enough on recovery. And that's definitely another key point to staying healthy makes sense and what about family you've got three kids and uh, how, how do they uh, adopt to adapt to your uh, training when they were young um you know i took them on i wasn't doing triathlons when they were really young or this type of stuff but when they were really young i always walked with them you know walked with a jogging stroller or took a jogging stroller and then i had the bicycle with the seat on the back um, you know, we always went to the park and played and I tried to do a few things at the park, some pull-ups or something here or there, but, um, I would run, my daughter would ride her bike next to me and I would go for some runs. Um, but by the time I really got into obstacle race training and stuff, they were older and they were already into their, um, you know, their things like band and things like that. So I would come home from work either. So sometimes I would swim, you know, or, or do a cycling class or something early in the morning before they woke up or went to school. And then in the evenings I would cook dinner and then, you know, go out and do a run or something like that. So they must be pretty proud of you. I don't know. Mom's a triathlete. I don't know. (laughs) I, you know, they didn't really talk about it very much. um, But every now and then when they bring a friend home or something, they'll say, mom, mom, what was that race you did? Or how far is an Ironman? How many miles did you have to run? And, you know, swim, I can run. So hopefully they're proud of me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, you know, like uh, when uh, I did my marathons and my, uh, I have two girls and when they were younger, we used to take them to those marathons. So they would come and cheer. And uh, I do, uh, even now, even now they remember that. They have very fond memories of it. And somewhere back in the mind, they know that this is a good thing. You know, this is a good yeah. uh, lifestyle choice. Now, it's not like my kids are uh, athletes or anything like that. But I do know that 
they do have that in the back of their mind that if something they would want to do to make things better they wouldn't mind go for a running run or a cycle you know stuff like that so yeah. coming back to your uh, triathlon journey itself right um which one was your proudest or, or most memorable uh, tri- uh triathlon that's tough, tough cuz they're all different uh each one has you know something that really sticks out whether it's something that you overcame you know and so that race sticks out or maybe you had glorious weather or the crowd you know the fans but um certainly my first ironman was very memorable i had been struggling with an injury and um just crossing i had a lot of doubts the last couple months that i'd be able to do the, the full run and so um finishing that one uh really stuck out and just um uh, uh ironman chattanooga was great because the crowd support and everything and um you know representing i i didn't mention this but um i uh qualified for team usa and uh competed in the um sprint distance um in 2018 in australia and that was an honor to represent the us uh in my age group and that sprint distance so that was uh an honor um but each one it's hard to i i don't know if i have a favorite um each tell one tell the story tell pick one each one is special um ironman chattanooga really stuck out because um the day we did the race it was apparently like the hottest one in history ironman in history and the temperature was 97 that day so the heat index was well into the hundreds you know 105 110 and um unfortunately a lot of people had you know heat um exhaustion and stuff so they had to pull out and um i don't know what i did right that day well we had been training in the heat cuz i live in florida so we've been doing a lot of running in the heat and cycling in the heat and i don't know i felt really good that day um the crowd just really pumped me up and um i mean i had to pack my you know my sports bra and put ice with ice and put ice under my hat but um i don't know crossing that finish line i just felt uh like i'd really accomplished something of course the the event's hard in itself but just being able to stay hydrated and on top of my nutrition um i was really um proud of that one that one really stuck out and our friends we sang um we sang together before while we were waiting in line um before the event and it, we just had a really great group of people and we all celebrated and you know it was just a lot of fun that's awesome you know you you talk about two uh, critical items one is you you spoke about recovery earlier and you also mentioned nutrition uh wh- what do you do uh you know specifically around these recovery you talked about you talked about sleep what about nutrition anything specific you're doing different um I try to eat a well-balanced well-balanced diet. I don't follow any specific mm. not particularly strict in any area. I kind of think moderation is key. You know, I don't eat a lot of junk food, but occasionally I'll have a, you know, this or that. Um I just try to eat a well-balanced diet and I stay hydrated and um I do use during races um you know, I'll take some goose uh um and i drink 
in particularly hot races, I drink tailwind. That's my go-to. Um, but when you're on a course, it's hard to mix that stuff. So you just have to drink whatever's available. And I know they use Gatorade endurance and some other things. So, you know, I'll train with that just to be sure that it agrees with me. And I'm pretty lucky. I don't really have a sensitive stomach. So I don't, um, I do get nervous obviously, but um, before a race, um, I like peanut butter, like a peanut butter and honey waffle, um, and maybe a banana. And then I make sure I drink plenty of fluids throughout the day. And I've just been pretty lucky. I haven't had an issue with, you know, GI upset or cramping or anything like that. But I do, when it's particularly hot, um, I shouldn't say this, I won't say any brand names. Well, I did, I guess I did already, but, um, uh, there are a lot of salts that, you know, you can buy and stuff, but, um, I kind of feel that salt is salt. You don't have to buy a fancy salt. And so I just have a little container of like kosher salt that I use and I'll lick some of that every mile or two during the run when I'm getting really sweaty because, um, I know I need to replace my salt, but I have, you know, water on the bike and run and just the tailwind electrolyte solution. I seem to do okay with that. Great. And when you say balanced diet, what is balanced diet for you? Because for me, it's different for different people. So I just want to understand. Yeah. Well, I try you. to eat, I try to eat enough protein. I don't even weigh it out. I couldn't tell you how many grams I get a day. Um, you know, I eat a lot of eggs. I eat eggs and chicken and fish. And I'm, I enjoy red meat, but I don't eat a lot of it. Um, you know, salads with fruits, I mean, salads with lots of vegetables and I eat a lot of fruit. Um, I eat, you know, non-fat yogurt. I make smoothies with um, kale and berries and I'll put some protein powder in there. Um, but I eat a lot early in the day, especially after a swim. When we have swim practice, I'm hungry all the time. So I eat a lot during the day, but then kind of in the afternoon, my appetite tapers off. I don't eat a lot in the evenings because um, I do a lot, a lot of when the wet, when we have daylight savings, I do a lot of my runs after work at night. So I can't eat a big meal. Um, but I eat a lot kind of in the morning. I like almonds, you know, I snack on almonds and um, fruit and I drink a lot of water. And in terms of training methodologies, um, how many days do you train? Is there any particular method you use for, for your, to get up, to optimize? It depends, your it depends what event I'm training for. Um, when we were training for the Ironman distance events, uh, I was doing three swims, three bikes and three runs a week. And so several days a week, you'd have to do two workouts in a day, like one in the morning and one at night. Um, but it's hard to uh, also rest a full day in there. So one day would be rest or maybe you do a swim and rest. But again, it just depends what um, distance you're training for or what event you're training for. Now I'm not doing anywhere near that much. Um, just uh, I don't have really anything on the calendar. So I try, I try to do something every day, but it can just be a one mile walk. Actually, I'm on a streak right now. I have several friends that have done these streaks where they do something every day. And, you know, I always thought that was neat. But when the pandemic hit, I thought, well, this would be a really good, healthy thing to do. So 
at the minimum, I try to walk one mile a day. And then, um, you know, some days I do a strength workout or I'll do a trainer ride or go for a bike ride or go for a run. Um, so I am trying to do a little something every day, but the intensity and the, the volume and just the duration isn't, um, I'm not really pushing it hard because trying to stay healthy. And once I get something on the calendar, then, you know, the training becomes very specific for that event. Um, and it also depends on, you know, your lifestyle. Again, I don't have young children at home, although I do have a puppy now. So that's partly why my training volume has really decreased because I'm really focusing on training him and being home. So uh, the volume has decreased. But um, I think just, um, you know, trying to stay healthy, this is, we have to do this for our whole lives. You know, fad diets don't work. We know that. Um, and I think just getting on this roller coaster of, you know, working out and then not and then losing fitness and then trying to work out, I think that's unhealthy. I think if we just try to keep a nice space, then, you know, when something, an opportunity presents itself, hey, I want to maybe think about this marathon at the end of the year, then you can kind of jump on without a lot of injuries. So keep up your base level of fitness. Um, yep. Makes sense. And uh, how did, uh, so I know you're also a Vibram ambassador. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, when I first started training for obstacle course races, I was, I noticed a guy in sports conditioning that was wearing them and I thought, you know, they looked funny, but the more I thought about it, I thought, I bet those don't hold a lot of water and mud. And I've seen, you know, uh, when people, when their shoes get soaked and full of mud, they're just like, almost like giant anvils. They look like they weighed a ton and I couldn't imagine running. So I went to a local store and I tried them on. And actually the first time I tried them on, I knew that, that I was going to love them because um, I used to run around barefoot all the time as a kid. And I just love the feeling of being barefoot, but I don't want to get, you know, splinters or, you know, cut my feet up. And so I actually bought my first pair for the warrior dash and they worked. They were phenomenal. Um, you know, I had really good grip on the obstacles and they felt good and they didn't hold a lot of water and mud. And so I started wearing them then. And back then I wasn't, um, I wasn't really doing much running, but with the different obstacle course races, we started stepping up the distance. So we started with the 5k distance and then the 10k distance. And then by the end of the year, we did the, um, the, um, tough mutter, which was 12 miles. So it took me a full year in them to build up that much distance. And then I thought, well, gosh, I'm already running 12 miles in them. I bet I could do a half marathon. So, I ran my first half marathon in them and I did great. And so I just, I've been wearing them ever since. Now I have tried other shoes from time to time, but I always go back to them. I'm just the most comfortable in them. I think, you know, my running form um, improved. I was having some knee pain before um, and I have some other issues, but not related to the shoes. Um, but um, I think my form improved. I stopped having knee pain. And even if people don't want to run in them, just to wear them around the house, run your errands in them, you know, um, walk in them. Um, certainly, if you are involved in any water sports like canoeing, kayaking, fishing, they're great for that because they have really great um, 
grip and uh, you feel very sure-footed in them. And so I highly recommend them even just for walking and things to strengthen your feet and the muscles. I think you're less likely to get other injuries, you know, if your feet and ankles are strong. So. Yep. No, it totally makes sense. I, I've been using Vibrams for uh, close to 10 years now. It's in my rotation. It's not like I only run with Vibrams, but it's in my rotation. And I, I have always enjoyed running in them. And I agree with you that it's the best, next best thing to barefoot. And one needs to take time to get used to it, at least for folks who are not used to running yes. barefoot or near barefoot needs to take That's time. exactly right. If, you, um, if you're used to running shoes with you know, a lot of cushioning, uh, your running form is much different. And if, you, if I said, take your shoe and go for a run around the block, you would land very differently if you were barefoot. And so it's the same when you get the shoes uh, you have to definitely start with very low miles, even just walking in them and then, uh, you know, gradually build up. Um, sometimes, you know, you put, um, when you're forefoot, it puts more um, strain on your Achilles calves and things. So you don't want to do too many miles, you know, too fast. Uh, yeah, every time it... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you asked. Um, so I, um, a couple people said you should, you're in them all the time. You should, you know, see about becoming an ambassador. And I reached out to them and kind of told them a little bit about myself. And lo and behold, I uh, was asked to be an ambassador. So now I'm an ambassador for them, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Vibram, anytime you talk about Vibram, it, it comes, it, it creates, it, uh, it, it brings out a lot of passion among people. There's some people who love it and there's some people who's like, oh my God, no, it, it, it hurt my, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, conversation that uh, follows, especially in social media. But I, but I always have felt that, you know, it's something that you need to build. And after the book, it got very popular after the Born to Run book. Uh, became mainstream and everyone suddenly jumped into barefoot without really taking the time to get used to it. And it led to a lot of backlash and stuff. But I think uh, it, it's a great, it's a great way to, as you correctly said, it's a great way to strengthen your feet, your ankles, and take your time to get used to it. It is very rewarding. Uh, you don't have to do it full time. You can do it a couple of days a week. Uh, but absolutely, I, I, I hear you. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And on the website, they have um, some educational videos and um, some very, um, there's some great advice on there about how to, you know, get started and work your way into them. And um, so the yeah. website's a wealth of knowledge with respect to that. Yeah. Makes sense. So what's next? Are you planning? Are you, do you have any event uh, in mind, working up in your mind for this year? You know, I started to explore, there's a sport called swim run where you, uh, you know, run across the body of land and then swim and run. And I was signed up to do one last year, but it got canceled because of the pandemic. And, you know, I would like to pursue that a little more. I think that would be kind of fun to do when all this COVID settles down, if we can get back to international travel one day, it would be a fun way to explore you know, some new um, countries because you don't have to take a bicycle. And that's always um, a difficult, um, or not difficult, but it just, uh, you know, makes it a little bit more logistically challenging to do an event when you have to ship your bike or pack your bike. So this, 
you know, you just need your bathing suit and, and or wetsuit and, you know, running shoes. And um, it's usually done with a partner, which is a lot of fun. So I've never done one. I'm um, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that we get to um, do that this year, next year, but I'm not sure if I, I love long course. Um, I, long course events have their challenges, but you can kind of pace yourself and enjoy the whole day where short course is definitely more intense, you know, and, and then it's over. But um, I'm not exactly sure what what's going to be next. I would like to do another Ironman event, um, but with the puppy, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be realistic this year. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm up for just about anything. So, yeah, I tend to I tend to, um, I tend to jump on board with what you know my friends and training partners do. You know, we, we joke, uh, you know, team jumping off bridges, like hold your hand and jump. And so we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see what will be next. Have you always had a dog or is this the first time you? Uh, I always wanted a dog growing up, but my brother was allergic to him. So I had every other pet. I had, um, you know, gerbils and hamsters and fish and birds. And then we had a box turtle that my dad got for me when I was about five years old in St. Louis. And, um, he just passed away a couple of years ago. He was in our family for over 40 years. And, um, then I got my first dog when I was in college or well, right after college, um, before PA school. And so, um, my 13 year old dog just passed away in October. I, I didn't see that coming at the beginning of last year. And, it really threw me for a loop. I, I like the, I love the companionship and um, I, yeah, I was very lonely. So now I have a puppy <laughs> and he's keeping me very busy. <laughs> so hopefully a running partner one day. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to ask. I have yeah. a, uh, my dog's name is Betty. She's my, she runs with me. Does she? Uh, she's what kind is she? She's actually a mix of uh, lab and uh, pit bull. Uh, but she's more lab than pit. Uh -huh. And uh, she loves to run. And she's a little older now. So now she runs a couple of miles with me. But when she was a little younger, she would, she would go eight miles, up to eight miles. Really? That's great. Yeah. Terrific. So, hey, that was uh, that was uh, good. I uh, have a rapid fire round where um, I ask some uh, quite quick questions for fun and uh, related to your fitness journey in general. Uh, let's. You ready for that? I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what's your favorite post-race treat? Guilty pleasure. Let's pizza. say after an Ironman. Let's give. Let's talk about an Ironman. Pizza. Pizza. Do you, do you deprive yourself of a pizza usually? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't deprive myself much, but uh, um, that always is. You mean immediately after, or like a couple hours later? After, anytime, anytime. Oh. Anytime. Uh, I don't deprive myself of too much. So, but I do love a good pizza. Cool. All right. Um, three three other athletes you admire. Professionals. 
it can be professionals. It could be friends. It could be anybody who insp- who's inspired you or. Uh, well, I have to. I do have to mention Andy Farina because without him, he. You know, I don't know if I'd be here. That whole um, sports conditioning, you know, RMC uh, way of thinking and kind of pushing yourself definitely pushed me down this path. Um, I was just kind of going to the gym and doing classes, but without, you know, um, you know, that kind of focus. So he really has um, motivated and inspired me. Um, You know, uh, I have to mention Timothy Donovan. He's my training partner and he keeps me um, focused and inspired. And uh, we, practically do all of our training together and, um, you know, we've been able to go around the world, you know, um, doing events. And, you know, I think, you know, his support is, um, you know, very important. Um, there's a lot of professionals that I admire. I don't want to, can't just name just one. And we mentioned friends, uh, Sharon Bien is one of my best friends and fellow triathletes she's been um um she's made team usa multiple um years and she's an OBGYN here in town and i don't know how she balances work and family and all of that so she's in my age group and i always tease that i never want to sign up a race that she's doing because i know she'll beat me but she's just um she's very down to earth and she's very supportive of all the new triathletes and um, she is just a wonderful person. So uh, there's so many, I, I could go on and on, but okay. Next. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And I hope Andy is listening to this. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy, you started all this. <laughs> he, he, he's the culprit. Um, a dream location for your next Ooh. triathlon or a, you know, the swim run. Ooh. What are you thinking about? Oh, you know, I'd love to go to New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. All right. New Zealand it is then. <laughs> All right. Woo. All right. What's your favorite time for training in the day? 5.30 in the morning. So are you always a early, early bed? Or early um, I'm, a more, I'm definitely a morning person and I do like to get it over with. Um, but I really enjoy uh, our 5.30 swims. Um, it just... If I feel like it um, mentally puts me uh, in a good mood for the day. And um, I, I really enjoy that time. All right. Makes sense. What's the best advice you ever got in your fitness journey? Um, hmm, that's a good one. I don't know if, if, if I read this somewhere or if, if, you know, if I just kind of thought this, but um if you get injured or there's something going on in your life that you can't control, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. When I had my, I had a rotator cuff tear. That's a long story. I won't get into it, but I did have to have surgery and I was in a brace and it was probably about one year after I started doing obstacle course racing. And so I had to sit out and, you know, I kind of got in a mental funk and I was kind of upset, but then I, thought, and I may have read this somewhere, um, don't focus on what you can't do, focus on what you can do. So um, getting back to how I got into triathlons, 
Um, I wasn't able to do my usual running, but I thought, well, I could cycle. So I started taking a spin class at the gym and I really enjoyed it. And that rekindled my love for cycling that I had when I was younger. And then I thought, well, gosh, I'm cycling and running. I should probably work on my swimming and do another triathlon because I did that one super sprint years ago, but that actually, actually that injury and that open mind thinking, I thought, well, I could cycle and that kind of, you know, prompted or that kind of pushed me down that path. And so even though sometimes things look like maybe a dead end, it's, you know, when a door closes, a window opens kind of thing. And there's always something you can do. Um, even if it's mentoring another, um, you know, athlete or supporting somebody on their fitness journey, but just being available for them, there's always something you can do. So try to stay positive and flexible. That is a great advice you've got. And I think that's a great advice for all of us from you. So that's, that's terrific. That's a very, very well, well said. All right. Hey, uh, Karen, um, this was a uh, conversation I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, your, your journey is very inspiring. I, uh, we will continue to keep a watch on your next, uh, the swim run uh, in New Zealand, hopefully. <laughs> Earlier the better. Hopefully travel will be back in action and we'll see you uh, in New, you know, doing that in New Zealand. Uh, thanks for joining this uh, conversation today. Uh, wish you all the best and um, have a great week. I appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. I think this is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I know it's intimidating for people to get started in any sport, but I just wanted to reiterate, you don't need a lot of fancy equipment or expensive things, you know, just a simple pair of shoes and, and or, you know, triathlons or thing, you know, a starter bike is fine. You don't have to invest in a lot of equipment and uh, expensive things, you know, just get out there and move. I think our bodies are meant to move and we feel better if we, you know, get some daily exercise and eat right and sleep well. And, you know, just, um, just remember that, you know, we should kind of look at this as a life journey, not just something, you know, that we have to do right now, just, you know, enjoy it. And hopefully you'll live a long, you know, healthy life. So. Absolutely. Great message. Well, thank you for asking me. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. You're doing, You're doing. Bye.